Well, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Well, you can tell how excited you are about that. I figured a better response. But tonight, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs are going to go at it head-to-head. Rematch from 2020, so we'll see what happens and all that takes place. Tonight is about a discovery. Who is the greatest NFL team this year? Uh, If you're not as interested in the game itself, you'll discover which is the greatest Super Bowl commercial of this year. And you'll watch for those, and you've had a sneak peek to some of those already. And with Valentine's Day happening this Wednesday as well, I got thinking about this whole idea, and this being the love month, it reminded me of a verse that we often hear in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and then this beginning of the verse in uh, chapter 14, uh, verse 1. It says these words, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So let love be your highest goal. Today we're going to talk about love. See, that wasn't hard to figure out. We're going to talk about love today. Uh, if you were uh, an interest in the Grammys last, uh, that were last Sunday and you're interested in watching that, you would have seen uh, some of the artists that won different uh, awards for that, different Grammys, Taylor Swift, uh, Miley Cyrus were two of the winners. We have a few Taylor Swift fans here today. It was interesting, Taylor Swift, her album that she won the uh, uh, Grammy for, Midnights, uh, I did a little review reading up on it, and it said one of the highlight songs from that album is, you're on your own, kid, emphasizing this idea that sometimes all you have is yourself to depend on. I thought it was interesting that uh, Miley Cyrus's song, Flowers, one of the, uh, the phrases in it, I can love me better than you can. And then who can forget that classic, and I can't believe I'm saying classic, Whitney Houston's song, The Greatest Love of All, in that lyric, learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. There's a lot of self-love packed up in that, but the truth is self-love can only go so far. It comes to an end, and there are times in our lives when it becomes empty. And as humans, I think we can all agree that we are in search for true love. There's nothing better than experiencing true love. And it got me thinking about this, that there is this question that we have to try to answer Where do I find true love? Well, thankfully, the Bible helps us with this, and I'm not going to focus on 1 Corinthians 13. It's a great chapter. You'll hear it at weddings many times, but I'm actually going to take us to the book of 1 John today and take a look at some of the things that John uh, lays out here as he writes to Christians, followers of Jesus, and talks about relationships and recognizing truth and the importance of living out our love. Pastor Ken uh, did a great job reading these verses for us uh, before, but I thought it'd be good for us to read it again. And so if you're able to, would you stand with me for just a moment, and we're going to read together as loud as you can so your neighbor can hear you. Maybe not as loud as you can. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 13. Let's read it together. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. 
For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. We love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. We'll stop there. You may be seated. Where do I find true love? I want to share with you, I think, three quick things today that will help us in this search to find true love. First of all, finding true love has to start with God, otherwise it's counterfeit. You say, well, Al, what do you mean by that? And I'd say, well, if God is the epitome of love, as we've just read, then we must begin our search with him as a reference point. Now, I've got a loony here today, and a common cur- uh, currency that we would share, we'll go to the store now, uh, I don't know how many people carry around loonies anymore, but, you know, uh, go to cashless quite often. But loonies are there. But the question I have today is, how do I know that this loony is real? Well, those who work in the counterfeit uh, prevention area know that, that in order to discover if this is the real deal, they have to know what the real thing looks like. They have to know those unique features that the loony holds So that in the chance that someone gives them a counterfeit, that they can spot it and discover if it is or not. Now you might ask me today, Al, uh, what are the features on it that make it real? And I would ask the question, why do you want to know? Are you thinking about making some counterfeit loonies? We want to know the real thing. And my point is this, is we have to know, in order to know what true love is, we have to start with God. See, but the point of this is not just that. See, it's not enough to just know about God's love, or even to believe that God's love is real. You have to experience it. Look at these words from 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 9. This is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Part of the reason that we celebrate communion is to remember that. That Christ did so much for us that he revealed his love by coming, giving his life for us. But experiencing God's love requires that we respond to it. 
It's not just enough for us to know that Christ came and gave his life for us and gave us the opportunity to have relationship with God. We have to respond to it. And John here in these verses alludes to this idea that when we respond to it, it requires transparency and full disclosure. It requires that we step into the light, that we are exposed completely for who we are, and that we come not only to grips with ourselves and admitting who we are, but we say to God, I need your help. I recognize that when you died, you paid for my sin, all the sin that I've ever done and all that I ever will do. I'm a sinner. There's a high risk in this, though, isn't there? See, in any relationship that we begin, if we, if we go deep enough and, and transparent enough and disclose enough of ourselves, we are at risk of being hurt. My wife, Sonia, and other people that I'm close to, they know enough about me that they could really hurt me if they wanted to because of the transparency and the disclosure in our relationship. But the beauty of God and his love is this. That God sees us for who we are. There's nothing that we can hide from him. It's interesting, you know, we, we pretend sometimes, and I think it's a, a fantasy we have, that we can somehow hide things from God that God wouldn't figure out what we're doing. Really? <laughs> he knows everything. But the beauty of that is that although he knows everything about us, he loves us unconditionally. Think about that. His love for us is never ending. And all he asks is that we will come to him and just admit what he already knows about us. And to say, God, I need you. You are the, you're the example of perfect love. I need your love today to come. I need what Christ did on the cross to wash over me and make me clean. And that response is a response of repentance. Repentance means to do a 180, to actually turn away and go in the opposite direction. And that's what Christ asks us to do. That's how we respond to this true love that God gives us. We turn towards God and we stop following our own path and going our own way and we start following the path that he has for us. My second thought is this. True love in a relationship has to be expressed. Words are not enough. What do I mean by that? Well, if God loved, loves us so much, would it have meant as much to us if he had, doth, had done nothing to resolve our dilemma with sin? Would it have meant as much if God just said, Oh, I love you. I love you so much. I'm not going to do anything about your problem that you have, that you're on your way and you're lost and I'm never going to have relationship with you, but I love you so much. Would that have meant much to us? No. Love is meant to be expressed. I don't know about you, I really like orange juice. And the one thing about orange juice, you know, you can go and buy, you know, those fake stuff, right? Or the concentrate stuff, or you can get freshly squeezed orange juice, right? 
But for, in order for that to happen, it has to be expressed, right? That orange has to be just beaten to a pulp, no pun intended, <laughs> right? To get it. I'm getting it all over here now, right? But it has to be just expressed and squeezed in order to get that beautiful, beautiful, pure stuff, right? Excuse me for a moment. Wow, that's so good. I'd offer some, but there's not much left there, and I already drank from the cup. Sorry. It has to be expressed. I mean, isn't there's nothing worse than getting a dried-up orange, is there? You know, you buy it, and you cut it open, and you, get, you peel it, and you're all ready, and you open it up, and the thing is, like, dried right up, and you're like, boo, this stinks. I was expecting this juicy orange that was going to explode in my mouth. And all it does is feel like I'm eating cardboard. Yeah, and I don't eat cardboard very often. It's dry. See, it's not enough for God or for us to just say, I love you. It's how we express that love for God and for others. And John helps us with this. He says, and, and, I, and we can be sure, this is uh, chapter 2, verse 3 to 6 in 1 John. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar is, and is not living in the truth. There's a humbling statement. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. And that is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. See, in all our relationships, love requires that we respond. And we figure out the love language of the other person. I got thinking about this. In our relationship with God, have you ever thought about what God's love language is? When you read this here, it sort of helps us a bit. His love language is that we obey him, but it's also that we love others. You know, next week, Pastor Dave is going to come and kick off our series about the Ten Commandments. And it's, there's, a, there's a passage in the New Testament where, where, where someone comes to Jesus and says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, I'll sum it up with this. In other words, the Ten Commandments are summed up with this. Here's a little sneak peek for you. He says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the summary of the Ten Commandments. That's God's love language. But it's not just there. In our relationships with others, we actually love God by loving other people. And that requires that we figure out their love language, and love them accordingly. If you haven't read or heard of Gary Chapman's uh, book on the love languages, there's the acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch. If I uh, talk to my wife, Sonia, and I say to her, I love her, right? And I, and I just take, you know, I just write cards to her all the time that just say, I love you, I love you, I love you, on this card. That's all I do, you know? X's and O's, the whole card filled up. 
right? For me, I'm like, I would love to get that card. And she goes, that was really nice. Thank you. Because it's not, it's not that she doesn't appreciate it. She does. But it's not her love language. But if I go, okay, we're actually going to go out tonight, and we're going to spend some time together, and we're going to watch your favorite movie, and we're going to go and have your favorite food, she's like, wow. Yeah, woohoo! See, I got it from her today. <laughs> I'm on the right track here, right? I did a little research. Now I have to do it now. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, good thing Valentine's Day is coming up on the way. Now I'm on the hook for it. Thank you very much. That works really well. That's the point, isn't it? See, loving each other requires effort and sacrifice. See, it's not enough for me just to love God and to love others my way. I have to figure out their love language, and it should actually cost me something to love others and to love God. And this is where I think the response to this is servanthood. In a culture that tells us, get all that you can. Take all that you can. Grasp whatever you can and grab it for yourself because everybody else is doing it. Get what you need. What benefit is there to expressing and spending ourselves for others? It's because of the fragrance that we leave behind. Now, you can't smell it today, but after squeezing this orange, there's a beautiful orange fragrance that's here that reminds me of warmer places that I've been to before. And fruit that I'm eating on the beach. And really nice things. Not that I don't like being here. But do you know what I'm saying? There's a fragrance there that reminds me of what's really, what I really love. What I really appreciate. And the aftertaste from that juice is still in my mouth that I'm appreciating even as I'm talking to you this morning. And the idea is this. When we love others the way God wants us to love, expressing ourselves, giving of our all to love them. And I know there's risk in that. But we leave behind a fragrance, an aftertaste that tells them something and makes a difference. Have you ever met somebody who your life is so much better because you had relationship with them? That they, you feel like, you know, they spent their life however long it was, but your life is so much better because of that person, because they maybe invested in your life or took the time to speak to you or took a moment to send you a text maybe every week. There's this gentleman that was from a church that we were at before, and he used to send a message every year on my birthday, on Sonia's birthday, on every one of my kids' birthday to say happy birthday. In fact, he did it for everybody in the whole church. And he'd send him a text and say, I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And I will never forget that Dave takes the time to do that. He still does it. Because he's leaving a fragrance behind of expressing and giving of himself to make a difference. And that is true love. God working through us so we can love 
other people so that we can make their lives better and that they can really experience what true love is as God has loved through us. My last thought is this. True love demands that we do what's right, not what's convenient. What do I mean by that? When you're in a truly loving relationship, you strengthen and you grow that love by doing what's right, not just by doing whatever you want to do. You know this. In a marriage, in a family, in any relationship, it requires work. You have to invest in that. You have to do the right things. You've got to fill up the love tank, as they call it. Not take withdrawals all the time. You've got to invest in it. And it comes by doing what's right. It comes by in relationship, working through things and doing all that you can and discovering who you are and who people are and, and finding your role in this world and in this life and making a difference. If each one of us discovered who God wanted us to be, who, why he made us, and then we chose to take steps to just do the right thing each day and what he wants us to do. Can you imagine the impact that it would have on our world? let alone our community. Doing what's right, true love demands that we do the right thing. It's not enough in our lives and our relationships to do just what we think is convenient. We have to do it the right thing. In our relationship with God, this requires responding to the Master and saying, God, Whatever it is, your purpose and your plans for my life, I'm going to lay my purposes and plans down. I'm going to follow yours. In our love relationship with others, doing the right things means showing up, being committed, admitting your failures, and prioritizing people over stuff. And that's not easy. In fact, it requires listening and vision. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, if I'm going to love, if I'm going to love others and, and show up and do the right things that need to be done, I have to listen to what the people around me are saying. I have to respond. I have to be socially aware of what's happening around me. In church, lots of times we come and we connect with people and we have a great time in relationship. And it's easy for us to overlook the person who walked through the doors for the first time and not go out of our way to introduce ourselves to them or make them feel real welcome. I think you have a greater appreciation when you've gone through that yourself. If you've ever walked, went to a party where you knew you didn't know anybody or you got invited to an event and you're not sure what's going on and you get there, that's a bit like how it is when you walk into church for the first time. But if we would be aware of the people around us and listening, then we could express and we could do the right things and love people the way they need to be loved. And the vision part is seeing beyond the temporary. I won't read it today just because of time, but John talks about don't, don't get caught up in the temporary things around us. Think eternally. Think with bigger vision, bigger perspective. 
when you look at your, uh, your spouse, if you're married, or your, the friends that you have, your family, or your kids, do you have a vision? Have you asked God, God, what is, what is it you want to do in their lives? Not so I can push and make that happen. God, how, do you, how can you work through me to encourage the people in my life to follow the plans that you have for them? To become exactly who you want them to be. Requires vision. And, and the response to that is surrender. Surrendering what I want for what God wants. Surrendering what's best for me in my relationship or what I'm going to get out of the relationship and thinking about what is it that I am giving to this relationship. How am I investing in it? How do we do that? Where do we start with finding true love? It comes back around to that question that we asked, what is, how do we find it? You know how you find it? In God. And let me, what I've tried today is introduce you to him. Because it all starts with him. And if you've ever thought, and for whatever reason you came to church today, whether someone invited you or you heard about it, it's your first time or you've come for many times, I can pretty much figure out that you're here because something inside you drew you here today. For whatever reason, maybe it was the thought, I just, there's something missing in my life and I just want to be closer to God. I just want to figure out there's got to be something more. And so you're not here by accident today. The message to you today is this. God loves you. He's got a plan for you. He wants you to have relationship with him. And the step in this, the response, is simply to say, okay, God, whatever you got for me, count me in. I want to follow wherever you lead. I don't know where it's going to be. And it's not always going to be an easy road, just saying, by the way, that's another sermon altogether. But he'll be with us. I want to encourage you, start today discovering who God is and the amazing, amazing love that he has for you. Amen to that, Pastor Al. Thank you for that good scripture talk this morning. You, you even left a tip behind for me, so thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, uh, that's so good. Do you ever grow tired of hearing about the love of God? Um, and He loves us just the way we are. We don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to earn our way. We just receive. And that's, that's so good. It's probably a little sticky up here right now, but that was a, that was a good scripture talk. Yeah, sticky hands. Um, yeah, well, why don't we just take a moment and pray? Uh, Father, thank you again for your immense love for us. We are made on purpose, for purpose. We're made by love, for love. And uh, we thank you, God, in the words of the Apostle Paul, that there is nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of God. We are forever in the crosshairs of your extravagant love. And sacrificial, Lord, self-sacrificing love. We just say an absolute emphatic yes and amen to that. And Lord, may we be known as people of love. Wherever you assign us a place of life and service, may love be what characterizes the people of God, the body of Christ. And uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.